to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL, that's B-L-E-A-V in O-W-L, and Believe.com. This week, we talk about the small PTR changes that rolled out this week, NCAA's ruling to pay college athletes and how it could apply to the collegiate scene, and the major leaks about Overwatch 2. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Um, hope you've been having a wonderful spooky season. Uh, we're recording this the day before Halloween, so happy Halloween to all of you, or that might be late, but anyway, speaking of spooky spooky season, Kevin, how did your spooky spooky tournament go? It was, uh, th- there was a lot of spooky stuff that happened, not gonna lie. Um, I only caught the tail end, unfortunately. It you probably caught the tail end because we started super late. We had a uh, we had super technical difficulties. I got there the day before, and we troubleshot everything in the studio on Saturday. Made sure that it was ready to go. Walk in Sunday and like half the half the settings like reset itself, oh, and then shoot. the the bandwidth in the building was absolutely garbage that day. So we had to like reroute the way how we originally had it planned and. We were like, we we are going to start at 2 p.m. Like, that's just the that's the rule. We're going to start at 2. Uh, we didn't start till like 4. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were just plagued with technical difficulties. And then because of that, um, as the tournament was rolling on, it was actually pretty good. But at the very end, because we were cut for time, I wanted to do two more matches. But because, like, the head of esports guy says, like, you know, we we have to shut this place down uh before 11 and that means you have to end the tournament by 10 um it was like he told me that at like 9 45 and i was like okay you know what we have to make this last match like something the the balancing of the matches and stuff didn't didn't go out in my favor uh it ended on kind of a sour note and like i I really beat myself up over that but if anything we just learned that we could make the games better if i bring it back for another like season which uh, I do have plans. So instead of it being a Halloween thing, we might look towards uh, Easter and potentially April Fools and do the same thing again. Um, but hopefully the studio will be up to date and not have you know super amounts of technical difficulties, and we could actually get the get the show on the road. Um, but other than that, it was really fun. Uh, we had uh, three teams. We had uh, multiple casters. Um, that wanted to take a stab at it. So I got them in front of the camera uh, talking about the game. And like, it was just a very, it was a very fun time just to have a ton of players and people who are enthusiastic about the game come up and talk about it. I mean, you did all you could with the technical difficulty stuff. You went in the day before you tested everything and like just things went sideways on you. It happened. It always happens at the worst opportune time. Like it couldn't happen when you're testing everything out, it had to happen when you're supposed to actually go. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, collegiate esports and technical difficulties go hand in hand. They're like uh, 
they're like peas and carrots. They're, they're just always together. Uh, it happens with every cast too. Um, every tournament that we try to cat like try to get ready um, the day before, like we have to switch everything the next day, and it's really bad. Um, we we don't know what it is. We had to contact like IT, um, and we were we were there to like ten the night before, just trying to troubleshoot everything, but. You know, it turned out it turned out good for for what it's worth, for the time that it took and for everybody who came out. By the way, if you're listening to this, thank you. Uh, I gave away gave away the cookbook, uh, gave away 30 candy bars and then a whole bunch of like extra candy bars, too. Um, and because the school is technically like I, I wouldn't say sponsored, but Red Bull uses like the the space to show off their products sometimes so we were able to give away like cases of red bull and then tespa also chipped in too so tespa's the collegiate branch of blizzard so they were giving us some prizes to hand out and we did trivia um that wasn't on stream but it should have been what was your favorite part of doing the tournament Ooh, um i think it was getting the players input throughout the tournament and i got some things especially like earlier Earlier on, they're like, this is a fun way to play Overwatch. Like, Overwatch itself is a game that's, you know, kind of set in stone. You you play a certain meta, you hope that it works, and then everybody runs the same thing over and over again. But as you slowly add more stuff to it, like, first of all, the kazoos, um, the kazoo element made things so much more fun for them. They're like, we usually re- rely on, you rely on your uh, communications, but when everybody's just buzzing, um it's hilarious and then you start messing with controls so now you have to think about like oh you can't use like what one of the most one-sided matches was we you had to unbind your a and d keys um and replace with taunt so these players are trying to like it was a payload map too so they're trying to get to the payload and then one of the other teams i think their thing was they weren't allowed to have tanks they went like widowmaker hanzo um and like McCree and just headshot everybody because they knew that they could only walk straight. And so their AD strafes are like WS strafes. They could only go back and forth and not side to side at all. So it was easy to figure out like which direction they were going to go. Uh, let's see. How are things going for you? Anything new for, for you? Um, well, I, well, on, one thing, there's all these fires happening in SoCal. So, um having to deal with that and all the crazy wind um one of my friends had her animal rescue burn completely down and like some of her animals died and one of them they can't find their dog um so that's rough out here um for work they moved me my schedule so now instead of working sundays mondays i work mondays wednesdays um but i don't like actively have my own car right now i have to borrow my parents cars when they're available and so since I didn't have a car today, I had to Uber around mm-hmm. for work. And for some reason, the publication I work for now doesn't reimburse our travel. So in essence, I had to spend the money that I made today to continue to do the job that I'm being paid to do. So that's kind of rough. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I, I picked up two games this week. I picked up uh, Skullgirls and I picked up uh, The Outer Worlds. For the Switch so been, or... Yeah, for the Switch, I picked up Skullgirls, and then for uh, PS4, I picked up Outer Worlds, and I've just been kind of tinkering with those while my internet isn't working, and I can't play for play on Overwatch for 
a couple hours at a time. Oh, also, I've been cooking more out of this this cookbook. Have Have you got a chance to try anything yet? Not yet. Um, I've been trying to figure out which one to start with, and then if so, who to invite over to help me make it, because. The Academy of Art really does want to have their players come out and try it to be a little bit more involved. So, yeah, if that's the case, I would have to figure out how to set up my stream setup at my house and then have them have them all come over and attempt to make something like this. Okay, but yeah, there's definitely stuff that I'm like working to possibly go for. So I made I think I I made uh, see four recipes this week. First one I made was corn pudding, which is an ash recipe. It's just pretty much cream, corn, and spices and cheese in a pudding, I guess. Um, it was really good. You can get definitely get a very southwestern taste for it, um, and it actually it tasted really good. My 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 parents ate a lot of it, so that was a recipe that I made that actually looked like it was supposed to look on the picture. Um, I made another ash recipe this week. I made the orange creme caramel, which is just a fancy way of saying orange flavored flan. Um, I've wanted to make flan for a while. I just never had the motivation or the time or energy to do it. Um, but I actually made it twice this week. The first time I made it, I had a couple accidents. I I actually spilled hot caramel on my toe. So I spent more time than I I'd like to admit just contorting my foot into weird shapes and icing my toe but the flan actually came out really well and my parents never usually ask me to make a recipe twice but my mom the next day she's like so are you gonna make more flan um so i I made it twice this week the second time it came out a lot better um it wasn't really that hard to make it's just it takes forever because you have to make the caramel which is a lot of just waiting for it to to melt the the sugar and then you have to let it cool then you have to bake the flan part of it then you have to let it cool then you have to heat up the caramel again so it's melty when you eat it but like once you kind of get the gist of it it's not hard it just takes forever um i made one fara dish it was a drink called salab which is kind of it, it's you take milk and you boil it down till it gets thicker. Um, you add in like cinnamon, vanilla extract, ground ginger and stuff into it. I think I really messed this one up because when I tried <laughs> drinking it, it just was too thick and too chunky. Like, like imagine chunky milk. That's not an appealing thing. Yeah. Those are so, two words that shouldn't be together. Yeah. Chunky and milk. It Nothing like the picture, which looks like, just milk that's slightly thicker so i don't know what i did wrong there i might try revisiting it and doing that again but yeah that was that was a fail on my part and then the last one i made um there's one recipe in here that is halloween related it's the um barmbrack bread which is an irish bread that according to this book um irish people eat during halloween time so I figured, let's try it. I haven't made bread in a really long time. The first time I tr- I tried to make it, I completely failed. Like the dough would not come together. And then my sister looked at it and she told me I was an idiot. And then she helped me make it. And so 
when she was helping me, we actually got the dough to form and we were, we set it out to let it rise, but we forgot to activate the yeast because we didn't read the directions on the yeast. <laughs> so you're only supposed to let it rise for an hour. Like two hours later, I go back to check on the dough and it still hasn't risen. And I'm like, what is wrong with my dough? So then I figured out that I didn't activate the yeast and then I just, I had to wait another hour. Um, it came out really, really crumbly. I don't know why, but it tasted really good. It's pretty much just bread with different preserved fruits baked into it. I wasn't too crazy about adding the baked, I mean, the candied ginger in there, and neither was my sister. So I think if I make it again, I'm just not going to put candied ginger in there, just throw in a different preserved fruit or dried fruit. Mm. But I'm very proud of myself for having made bread even though I screwed up multiple times. You have a feeling that's probably what's going to happen when I first <laughs> take a stab at these. Like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to start on like smaller dishes and then see if it works first and then try to have them do it. Yeah. Um, so I got to figure out what they're willing to try and then what I can attempt to make. So shall we move on to actual news of the week now? Yeah, let's let's do real news. Okay. <clears throat> Man, I'm dying. So, um, I guess for the our first bit of news is the the NCAA, which is I think that stands for the National Collegiate Athletes Association, right? Something I think it's it's like National College Athletics Association or something like that. Let's look this up. Let's or, be accurate with this. Yeah. National Collegiate <laughs> Athletic Association. Okay. That's what the NCAA stands for. Um so Famously, and if, like if you watch John Oliver's last week tonight skits, you know that for the longest time the NCAA did not pay its athletes. Um, that was reversed last week, so now athletes can make money. Um, I don't have, I can't speak too much on this because I'm not, I was not a collegiate athlete. I stopped doing sports after high school. Um, but Kevin, you played esports for while you were in college, and I think you have a better understanding of the implications of this than I would. Like, what does this mean? Especially that with esports potentially as a thing that could come into the NCAA. I feel like this is good for, for the athletes because if anything, it, it allows them to feel like this isn't, this is more than a club. Essentially what the NCAA is saying with this is that you're more than a club now. Uh, you're willing to be recognized and paid for the things that you're doing. Um, how if this applies to esports though, that is another thing that I have a couple of uh, questions about. Like, yeah, it's cool to pay your athletes, but um, lots of at least Overwatch teams that I know are mixed gender. So does that mean that you know? can you still have one overwatch team with multiple genders or do you have to have a guy and a girl's team? Um, cause I hope that's not the case. Um, you want to be, you always want to create the best team that you can. And I feel like that's the only way how to do it. Um, right. But in terms of paying your athletes, I do feel like it is, um, it's good for like the physical sports because it does require you to, take time out of your day you have to train you have to uh you're essentially committing your time to do something that the school wants you to do and that you're technically good at but like the school is making sure that 
you're being you know you're you're surviving off of it um and you could at least make some money in the process so it's good on them i don't know if this will apply to esports that is the main question that i have um at least from what i heard from at least uc irvine and uh the academy of art are both looking for um like player psychologists like uh coaches uh physical like training stuff like essentially like physical trainers so that they can get their players in peak condition that way um and they're taking it more seriously uh especially this upcoming year so if we don't know if that's going to play into the ncaa if it does show that collegiate esports is taking themselves more seriously which is something that i'm looking forward to um but i don't know if it will apply to uh getting money from the ncaa in that in that case I think definitely along what you're going with, with the, the mixed gender thing, like sports, a lot of the time has a reputation of being a boys club. Like people pay more attention to uh, men's sports a lot of the time than women's sports, uh, which is unfortunate because there's a lot of really excellent women athletes out there. And like to do that, especially to esports, which I think has one of the, biggest uh, stigmas as a boys club right now I, I think that would be doing the sport a disservice especially when it's still kind of in its its formative stages to go on to more of the pay aspect of it coming from the outside looking in I'm not sure how I think about it like I I definitely think that they for the work that they do and the, a lot of the regulations of the NCAA NCAA don't really seem the most fair and I feel like the athletes get the short stick a lot of the time with that rule. So I think on that, and that on that end, it's a good thing that they're getting paid. But looking at it as a student who had to pay for college and didn't get a lot of the the perks and the special treatment that athletes did, I think it's just going to kind of um, increase the divide between like normal students and then student athletes because. Like, like, look at look at the football players, right? Um, at least where I went at UCLA, I'm pretty sure the football players got their tuition paid for. They got, I know for a fact that they had free food all the time, and it was buffet. They could eat as much as they want. They have like special facilities, which I mean that makes sense because they're training on a different level. But also, like, they're they're treated so differently where they don't really have to work for their degrees as well. Where there is a whole list of classes that athletes would take so that they wouldn't have to try and still be able to get A's and and play. So on top of all that special, and also like uh, two years ago, I heard that when the whole fires were happening in LA, like the Skirball fire is what it was, um, these athletes got evacuated to a private hotel in LA, like where the fire wouldn't touch them at all. And the rest of us students were kind of just left to potentially burn if it got to that point. On top of all that special treatment, getting paid for on top of it while they're already kind of getting all this stuff for free. I, I think it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Um, it, It's a hard situation. I just, I don't know how to make any side particularly happy in this sports is, 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 is an insane world, man, especially with the business aspect of it. Yeah. And I heard recently, I, I don't have like the source, but people were telling me that Mark Cuban was talking about how esports was 
potentially like a terrible investment. But then again, like he's the owner of the Dallas Fuel. Uh, they're they're not looking so hot, uh, no pun intended. But that he's saying like, oh, well, like it's not worth it right now. And I'm like, our generation is growing up off of it. it like NBA did not start becoming great, like right off the ground. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time for it to become something. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if he says anything else about it later on later down the line like i feel like this is the time where you have like if you really want it to be something to be investable later on you have to put in the time now you have to put in the sacrifice now because this is when everything's forming like we don't really know exactly what we're doing in this in this field um we're still trying to make it so that it's profitable we're still trying to make it so that it's accepted in mainstream and people don't look at us funny for liking professional video game playing. I'm not sure, like like you said, with the Dallas Fuel, like they've not been a hot team for a good long while. Um, I'm sure the owners of the London Spitfire, or NYXL, or San Francisco Shock would say something very different. So I, I would take, as much as I do respect Mark Cuban as a Shark and the owner of the Dallas Mavericks as well, um, I would take that comment with a grain of salt. I think that the NCAA stuff is great for the sports that they already have acquired in terms of, you know, basketball, tennis, soccer, uh, football, all that stuff is great for those players. But the question is, if it seeps into esports, and if so, what certain regulations are they going to try to do again? Because... Um, I've discussed this in detail some time ago. I think it was like on one of our first podcasts where um, I was saying like why Californian esports like colleges aren't opting into NCAA um, versus why they should. If the NCAA changes some of those rules, like this is definitely a step forward of being able to pay your athletes. But um, like definitely another aspect would be the co-ed thing. You have to have a team that can have the best players regardless of gender on your team um that is one of the bigger like aspects that if they do decide to change that and esports becomes a part of the ncaa we'll definitely be discussing that later down the line so um for our next bit of general esports news there's there are reports that the creators of the big bang theory are creating a show centered around esports called the squad Coming from the people who did Big Bang Theory, it's definitely in their wheelhouse. Uh, we know for a fact that esports has a lot of weird cultural things around it um, that you can definitely make fun of and poke at and laugh at. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about the Robot Chicken segment. Um, we'll talk about the SNL segment in a little bit, but I don't. For, for me, I definitely think that this is going to be funny just because it's esports and there's a track record there of the big bang theory creators knowing what they're doing with comedy wise but i don't know if it's the right time for an esports sitcom i don't know if enough people are going to understand it or it's just going to be like oh haha it's funny nerds playing video games competitively yeah that's what i was thinking about this as well they didn't really go into the story aspect of it there is a lot that goes into competitive esports, and we don't know if it's like casual players trying to become a 
like professional group and then also which esport because not everybody who plays one is going to be enjoying another or are these guys like essentially almost there like every time and then they just can't quite make the jump to become a pro um it's a whole bunch of just like really interesting questions that can be brought up but it also could fall flat once again like the fact that esports is still up and coming not a lot of people are going to know about it either way it's going to be definite good visibility for esports and again this is more validation that esports is a big thing that people believe that can stick around i mean you're not going to make a sitcom about something that you don't think is going to have enough source material for you to make fun of down the line on one aspect i think that this could have a chance and this is going to be beneficial to esports i just think that they need and they're still developing it so it's not gonna be out for quite a while but even then i I just don't think the time is right i also i'm kind of wondering who they're gonna cast for it as well um because we we know the big bang theory has like you know their typical nerd cast but is there gonna be a brand new cast are they gonna like reuse characters potentially um I think what would be really interesting is if the squad was actually held at like a gaming house, um, kind of the way how like mm-hmm. real teams would be training, like with a coach and all that stuff. And then you have players either rotating out by getting bought up by a bigger company or traded, traded or uh, in the case of like, I could talk about the Dota stuff where like friendships were literally broken. Um, in order to attempt to make a better team only for like karma to bite them again. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you have all those storylines. And then if so, are we going to be able to see the esport being played? Right. Um, Regardless of which one. Um, Definitely. I think is going to be good visibility. Um, It's just depending on how they take it um, in comedy wise, um, as well as making it fun and, educational enough for the general public i feel like if they're going to do this they have to be respectful about it because if you just do the whole ha 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 funny nerds playing games dorks they're stupid like a lot of mainstream culture thinks of esports then you're just going to alienate the entire esports community and your show is going to be pretty one note if they do it like you said like how actual teams live in like a team house i think that's going to be a big step into making the show both accurate and bringing in different aspects of the fan base, like people who want to learn what esports is and people who know how the esports world works and will appreciate the authenticity of the show. With that, do you kind of want to do you want to go into the uh, the SNL skit? Oh, yeah. Um, so this weekend there was an SNL skit with Chance the Rapper where they brought back, I forgot his character's name. It's like Laszlo Holmes or something like that. Yeah, I think so. His yeah. first name is Laszlo. Yeah. I believe. So they brought back this character that Chance the Rapper plays, where he's supposed to be a correspondent for the New York Knicks, which is a basketball team. But they they lost one of their previous reporters, so he's just filling in for them. Um, the last one that he did was at a hockey game, and he had no idea what's going on. And then... This time, in similar fashion, they put him at a League of Legends tournament. And so he's just being honest about what's going on. And he has no idea what is going on. This was so funny because it was so accurate. 
because it got both sides of the esports world. Like you have people who have no idea what esports is, people who think, oh, it's just a bunch of nerds sitting down playing video games. Like, how is this a sport? And then they're surprised when these people have actual fans that are really popular and they are making like millions of dollars in these huge prize pots. And then it also has the people who actually know the sport and are treating it seriously and who are actively trying to get some analysis into the game. And I've been on both sides of that divide. I was just dying watching it because it's it's so real. And it's at that point where not everyone understands the sport, but it's making enough money that people are taking notice because of that and not because they think it's a worthy game to play. Yeah, and I also, I love the fact that it did give both sides. I totally agree with you. Um, there were moments where he's like, um, this is what a seizure looks like. And there's just like so much stuff going on on screen. And <laughs> we, we as players like understand everything that's going on at that moment. Okay. But to people who have no idea what's going on, it does. It just looks like explosions and pretty colors and stuff like that. You know, the, the players yeah, themselves are kind of nerdy. To, they made fun of like the captain. Blizzard but there is a PR. lot of people who are fans of them. And most of them do have like girlfriends and even wives. Uh, shout out to Sabiobe there. Yeah. Like, SPU, come on. Married by Mina. And what? Um, like, Linkser proposed to his girlfriend not too long ago. Mm hmm. So we have a whole bunch of just like, they're not nerds. Well, they're nerds, but they're not losers. Um, they're definitely doing something that they're passionate about and they're pursuing their dreams. Like, see, this is how, this is the proper way to make fun of esports because it's accurate it's real it's not you just saying huh nerds dumb it's making fun of people who don't understand esports as well as people who are a little bit too invested in esports like they're like us all right so next on our docket of things to talk about um my favorite team the houston outlaws is kind of an it was been a little bit of hot water again not for their sad gameplay but because on their twitter and i guess on their other social media as well they released a design celebrating dia de los muertos it was a uh, calavera or a sugar skull design with just the outlaws logo on it the reason like this is noteworthy is because the internet as it does blew up against the outlaws and said that this is a cultural appropriation thing overwhelmingly the response to this was very negative uh, you and i were talking about this before briefly before we started recording kevin but like i don't think that this was a worthy fight for the internet i really think that it was blown completely out of proportion if you look at the post the outlaws are saying like hey celebrate dia de los muertos i'm like they're from texas there are a lot of mexican people in texas like i'm pretty sure a large swath of the outlaws fan base is mexican so in my perspective and i am not mexican but i i, I just think that they were trying to shout out something a cool design that someone made for them and we're also trying to pay tribute to their fans who happen to be of mexican or any other latina descent that celebrate this holiday yeah i really do agree that it was like blown out of proportion for the most part i honestly thought it was a cool design it's something that they're celebrating an event that a lot of their fan base is going to be celebrating especially uh 
Dia de los Muertos coming up, or it's going to be tomorrow, right? Yeah, November 2nd is the last day. So it starts Halloween until November 2nd. They're just catering to their fan base. And I really do think that this design was actually really cool. Um, then again, I'm I'm not Hispanic or uh, Mexican in any way, but I really do think that it looks really cool. Let's say if in general there was like one for like Halloween, like you could do one for Halloween. Like if the shock did like a like a pumpkin, do you think that they would get really mad at that? They're just like, oh, they're they're using you know Halloween to to promote themselves again. It's like no, you're you're just gonna let it happen. I mean, Blizzard does Chinese New Year for Overwatch. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm lost for words here. I don't get why people are really offended by this in any way. I think that it's a cool design and uh, it just shows that the outlaws are willing to reach out to their audience that way. So next on our docket, there was a small change in the PTR that affected Roadhog. There was a little bit of a change for Ana that wasn't major, but also May, Sigma, and Baptiste were the main characters who were affected by it for Anna, her small thing is like her pharaoh terror skin makes her legs twitch when she's running around which i haven't seen it but i'd like to see it before they fix that patch roadhog his chain sometimes incorrectly connects with the teleporter from symmetra ash's dynamite and junkrat's projectile thingies but for may sigma and baptiste it affects the ice wall gravitic flux in the immortality field and from what i'm reading it says it allows them to prefer edges over placing as far away as possible instead of you being able to kind of throw it as far as you can it will actually kind of snap to corners for the best example is maze wall let's say if you're at a choke and you're trying to ice wall like somebody off from preventing them to leave in order to prevent them to leave you it snaps to the corner of the doorway instead of it going all the way to the back of like the room that way when the ice wall comes up it's actually locking them in place rather than accidentally throwing it on like the stairs that are like halfway across the map it prefers edges which is really good for ice wall gravitic flux uh it will help them kind of not put them on random spots where it won't work um which is pretty helpful and then immortality field will help in a way where if you throw it at a corner it's not gonna like fly across the wall um, it's actually going to like bounce off and do what it needs to do. So um, I feel like these changes are helpful, especially for newer players who are going to get used to all this. But for pros who may want to look for that may have to get used to the fact that it snaps. In terms of Roadhog's chain hook changes, I feel like this is really important because um, I was a tank player, so I would play both off tank and main tank. Um, this was super annoying when you're trying to hook somebody who's about to take teleporter and you just hit the teleporter instead um it does like a whopping 30 damage to the teleporter like that's nothing um you want to be able to hook somebody through the teleporter or if they make the mistake of teleporting back you should be able to punish that and then steel trap and concussion mine um they were able to block roadhog's hook if you dropped it at the right time and uh I'm glad that they're not letting that happen anymore. Um, So these changes to Roadhog will actually make him, I feel like, more fluid. And he won't have to worry about being outplayed in a certain way. Um, It will help him probably be picked a little bit more often. Hog players rejoice. 
All right. Now to the the big fun news that we've all been waiting for. The Overwatch 2 rumors. Hooray. Yay. All right. So I, I guess the first thing that we really noticed when the leak started coming out was there was a new logo for Overwatch 2. It's pretty much the Overwatch, except it's white. And then there's a little two peeking out on the side of it. Yeah. It's like yeah. when you open a new tab. Uh it's just Overwatch. It's literally, it literally looks like a little pull tab. Like you could pull it out. Additionally, while we were all calling it Overwatch Two, uh, there have been rumors that it's not going to be actually called Overwatch Two. That it's actually kind of an Overwatch Chapter Two. Th- this is drawing a lot of similar comparisons to what Fortnite did, because like Fortnite's thing is called Fortnite Chapter Two, where they have scrapped. I think. I don't play Fortnite. I've tried one round of it and I hated it. Um, I'm not a fan Neither of do I. Battle Royale. Um, but they, from what I understand, they scrapped their first map with their yeah. whole black hole business that they did a, a couple of days ago. And then they have a new map and they're calling it Fortnite Chapter 2. From what these newer rumors are saying is that it's 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 not Overwatch 2. It's going to be Overwatch Chapter 2. I think it's metro who leaked this which makes it feel like it's not going to be a completely new game it might just be more of a dlc expansion thing that they're doing and also if if it becomes overwatch chapter 2 metro further said that what the plan is that overwatch 1 will be completely scrapped altogether which makes me think that it's more likely going to be a dlc thing because like what are you going to do with the overwatch community that if it's a new game, doesn't want to buy this new game or can't afford this new game. Yeah, I don't know what Overwatch Chapter 2 is actually going to be. Like, is Overwatch 2 Electric Boogaloo going to be a brand new game on its own? You know, StarCraft has had the whole expansion pack thing come as well. Heart of the Swarm and all that other stuff where they just add more content to the base game. I don't know if this is what Overwatch 2 is going to be. If it is an expansion pack, I feel like it will give the players a little bit more to mess with. But at the same time, if it's a brand new game, uh, I am afraid that you may lose some of the players who are going to move from Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2. Valve hasn't had that issue before. We saw the transition between Counter-Strike Source to Global Offensive and then at the same time Team Fortress to TF2. So Overwatch 2... uh, We'll probably still have the same audience. When it comes down to it, Blizzard is a company that needs to make money to survive. Like, I feel like with the community that loves Overwatch so much, like this is a new this is a new game. Like we've been asking them for new content for a while. Like they could make a ton of money by creating a brand new game for this and not just making it like DLC. And like if they make it DLC and they're f- planning on phasing out overwatch completely then you're going to have to make it free otherwise again you're going to be kicking out a huge part of your audience that doesn't want to pay for this and would much rather just stay with the original game and like keep those servers alive we're just going to have to wait and see what they do like there's so many different ways that they can go about this and like a lot of it comes down to what's going to impact them economically i think we don't know what they're going to do with this and uh, Metro talked about it in two ways, how it could either be Overwatch 2 ends up absorbing Overwatch 1 and they stop supporting Overwatch 1 and everybody just moves over to Overwatch 2. Um, that was one way. The other way that he described was that Overwatch 1 becomes like competitive only and like 
the hardcore players go there to play at like the top tier and just make Overwatch one just the FPS like balance shooter that everybody wanted to. And then Overwatch two being more of like the fun casual stuff with um, like arcade mode and, you know, pick up games and all that stuff would all be in Overwatch two. Um, but I don't know how that split would would work. I mean, I feel like players would still buy both. Next thing that was leaked was there's going to be a new map that's going to be centered in Toronto. And that's going to be coming along with a brand new game mode called push. Um, have you seen anything about what this could potentially be? Or is it just, have they just released what the new game mode is? Cause I haven't really seen anything outside of the name of the game mode. Neither, neither have I. I mean, all I've heard was that it's called push mode. And then my mind went straight to team fortress two and what, potentially push mode could be so are you saying speculation um, time do you do you have any ideas yeah I, I can i can speculate okay um okay so push mode could either mean in my opinion payload race where it's like both teams have to push a payload and whoever could make it to the finish line first wins or they do it the same way uh kind of like a control point map but it's more of like a tug of war and the further you're able to push it into your opponent's territory, the whoever gets to that end point wins the game. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Um, so it's essentially... I'm thinking yeah. the more of the, the tug of war is what I my first thoughts were. But I, I do think that the, the payload race would actually be a cool alternative. Yeah, and I really don't know what they're going to do with push mode. What... Watch it just be like, oh yeah, we disabled uh, every ability, <laughs> melee only, uh, <laughs> something like that. Um, that that would be a big like f you, but at the same time, it would be really funny. Uh, but I do think that push mode is going to be another like competitive thing, and if anything, I don't know if it will be in competitive early enough. Does that make sense? Like, if push mode is only there and there's only one map. Like, do you think people are going to be excited or not excited to to try that mode? I think people will definitely try it out. I don't know if if you only have one mode and people don't like it, they're going to avoid it like the plague. If it's only just the Toronto map, um, hopefully, like by just announcing the Toronto map, maybe that's our introduction to push mode and by the time that they actually release it they'll have more maps made that we can actually have variable play on it in essence this is the toronto is just our demo of push do you think that with toronto are they going to implement other older maps potentially to fill in like other push modes that could be that could be another thing like re rehashing other maps to potentially add to it i think with the way blizzard's been doing stuff recently like with with junker with junkenstein and everything like that seems like lazy enough for them to actually be a possibility i would much rather them just leave the other maps alone take a little bit longer to release push mode and give us multiple maps there that we haven't seen before um i think that would make us a lot happier than just reskinning it and calling it a solution push mode could be something that would be fun to have in like an arcade for a little bit um let the players get used to how push mode works 
um, and then slowly release more maps to make push mode if it takes off and it does well um you can make push mode something that people will play over rather than just having it be like a one-off they didn't they haven't incorporated capture the flag or elim into competitive overwatch league yet so i don't know do you think it's going to be like one of those like you said arcade is it going to be an arcade thing where they just leave it there or do you think it's going to make it to mainstream competitive play Capture the flag was really fun as its own mode, but I don't think it's enough to be competitive. If push mode is something that Blizzard is trying to make competitive, it has to be a mode that people will play and will find balance. Otherwise, if it's just like a one-off like Lucio Ball or Junkenstein's, like that's cool and all, but I don't think it's worth a an announcement at BlizzCon to just say, hey, we have a fun arcade mode now. Here you go. I mean, right. They kind of just sprung Hero Gauntlet on us randomly, and we all like ate that up. The way that the articles that I've read are describing it based on these leaks is that they keep mentioning it in terms of the other main modes that they have in competitive, like Assault, Capture, and like Hybrid and stuff. They, they keep mentioning it alongside those modes. Based on that alone, I feel like Blizzard wants to add it into our mainstream competitive, but I I. I don't think they can do that unless they have more maps. I don't think that Toronto can do it alone. Yeah, especially not without Kawhi Leonard. Um, no, Kawhi's gone. No. Yeah, Kawhi's gone. They still got Drake though. But yeah, but he's like not, he's not going to help in push mode. Being like super great recently, like he's not. He doesn't have the same star power as he had, especially after the whole stuff with him and Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Good luck, Toronto. <laughs> if if we like we'll talk about her in a little bit but like sojourn is speculated to be a canadian character so you got something coming for you maybe toronto you lost Kawhi, but you get a map and maybe a character yeah they um, lost lucio too lucio was originally supposed to be canadian because of his uh hockey whoop, skins whoop. Whoop, Toronto and just, then, toronto's taking these l's yeah they, they're just taking a lot of l's right now i'm sorry guys um <laughs> And then they were like, you know what? Lucio likes soccer now. <laughs> and then they, they they made him Brazilian. Lucio so. Ball. Speaking of Lucio and uh, our, our game modes, um, the PvE mode that I've been so excited for is supposed to be centered around Lucio, and it takes place in Rio de Janeiro. I, I believe from what uh, I've read, it's supposed to be a four-person mission that you do. I think the characters that they were supposed to have are Tracer, Lucio, I think maybe Genji and May. Well, that's what I remember reading. The announcement's supposed to be happening at BlizzCon, of course. But according to the reports from ESPN, it's going to be playable at BlizzCon. I don't know if that's just going to be a demo or like part of the mission. If it's the full mission, that'd be really cool. Because that means it's hopefully going to come to the rest of us pretty soon and i think again that leads to more credence that this is not going to be a a full new game this is going to be more of a dlc thing yeah especially if they have a demo at blizzcon even if it's just part of the mission it just shows that you know they're at least working on something they're not just twiddling their thumbs and looking at twitter the entire day um they're actually trying to make new things for us to enjoy and yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what comes out from BlizzCon, especially if it is 
like an Overwatch 2 like test mission. Um, and this is kind of one of the first times that we get more lore about Lucio too. Um, so, like, I'm very really helpful. curious how he became involved in Overwatch. Like, he's a freedom fighter and he's a DJ, but that doesn't mean he like that. That doesn't tell us how he really fits into the world of the other characters. Like, yes, he has connections with Symmetra, but how is he really connected with anybody else? We need more lore, Blizzard. Give us more lore. Yeah, and I hope that's what Overwatch 2 really is. It's like giving us a straight lore dump um, and letting people who want to know more about the story learn about it, but also give us a good game along with it. Um, the only other thing that we know about Lucio is that like he's a fan of D.Va and D.Va's a fan of Lucio. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see if that comes into play there. Um, and he has a cereal. The one thing... Yeah, he has a cereal. Uh, Lucio O's. Uh, the one thing that we don't have yet is lore for Zenyatta. Now, when? <laughs> I feel like they think that they're done giving us anything with Zenyatta because now we see his feet touch the ground. I feel like... <laughs> that, that was all the lore we needed. I <laughs> feel like, like that's... They, they said, we'll give them him feet touching the ground and never touch his lore again. Yeah. All we know about Zenyatta <laughs> is that he was friends with Mandata and he trained Genji. That's all we know. Again, how does he fit into like having these floating orbs and killing people with these orbs to the head? He just chills at Nepal and that's it. Like, that's all we know. Like, I'm really interested in like knowing, like, he's supposed to be like a peaceful monk and like the harmony orb makes sense. So, where does the Discord orb come from? Like, this because he's so balanced he learns how to distribute hate at the same time (laughs) (laughs) like he's so peaceful he's like you get peace you get hate you get 1.3 more damage okay so who's another besides zen because we all want more zen lore who's a character that you want more lore for uh more lore um i play a lot of tanks so everybody else kind of has enough lore as is especially in the tank lineup i think it would be really interesting to see more backstory between Ash and McCree. Um, that would be another thing that I wouldn't mind like looking at. Or like what initially made Hanzo kill Genji? Like what is that whole that whole thing that went down? For me, just because Farah's my main and I love the Rocket Queen, I'd love to see a short on her. She has a comic, but I'd really like to see a short maybe like interacting with Anna after she finds out she's not dead. I'd really like to see something about how Junkrat and Roadhog became a dynamic duo. Uh, And I'd also really like to see the whole, what plays out between Zarya and Sombra. Cause we know that Zarya was hired by Volskaya industries to hunt down Sombra because Sombra has got dirt on Volskaya. So what Mm -hmm. happens there? They left us at that cliffhanger and never came back to it. Yeah, they gave us that short comic with whoever that the other Omnic was. Like, sorry, I had to help out with yeah. another Omnic, but she gets so close to like finding Sombra, but doesn't learn anything. It's still so it's that's another the same cliffhanger. They didn't really advance the story much. We just still know that she's looking for Sombra. So instead of giving us uh, more lore with the existing characters that we have. It's all been but confirmed that we are getting get a new character at BlizzCon. There's still a lot. There's still kind of some discrepancy as whether it's going to be 
Echo or it's going to be Sojourn. But most of the sources now are leaning towards it being Echo, who is that kind of robot omnic character that McCree runs into at the very end of uh, that last short that they released with Ash. Yeah, the Ash cinematic. Yeah. I, I with with all that's being leaked, I think it's going to be Echo that we actually get to play as. I think we're going to see Sojourn in the short. Um, I think it would be very crazy if what happens is that Echo and Sojourn are essentially the same character, so that Sojourn something bad happens to her and she eventually essentially becomes an Omnic. Like being kind of the first iteration of Genji, yeah. where Genji was revived completely. Yeah, that would be interesting. That's my uh, outlandish theory for this, is that something bad happens to Sojourn, they have to repair her body, and it's going to be like Genji part one. Hmm. So it's interesting to see what the new hero is going to contribute to the meta. Um, and then abilities as well. Um we have a hero in Dota um, called Rubik, who's like his ultimate ability is spell steal. And we were thinking like as a as a couple of friends of mine, we were trying to figure out like Echo is like, you know, f- something that happens after initial sound. Um, so we were saying, what if Echo has the ability to spell steal as her ultimate um, or just like mimic a character for x amount of seconds i still i'm waiting for them to do something on the junk queen they've teased her for so long that would give us even more like i was talking about earlier more lore about what's happened with junk rat and roadhog down in australia and also bring in some hammond lore too because hammond went to junker town oh yeah now now that we know that he was initially from the moon but he landed there um and he's the champion of of the uh junker games or whatever um so he definitely has impact there so it i think i feel like it'd be really interesting to see all that come together so back to sojourn and echo with whoever we get what what class do you think they're going to be okay so with the balance as is i feel like if either of them come to the game they're going to be support yeah the reason for that is because the dps you know the dps slot is just filled with heroes already we don't need more DPS. We had Sigma was our last hero and he was a tank. So I feel like the support line is going to be the next one to get a support or get another hero. Like I know the hero before that was Baptiste, but we still need more support heroes in the game and we need more tank heroes in the game. They both look like they belong in support just because they don't right. look like bulky or beefy enough to really tank. So um, unless Sojourn gets like armor or something insane um but we'll see what happens there i mean diva's a tank right yeah and she's in like a mech and she's like the smallest person so yeah sojourn could easily do something like that as well um that also brings up the idea of new characters like the mecha squad if you wanted to see any of those guys come out time for a uh talon mecha character to fight diva see what i want to what i would think would be really cool addition to the game and would change a lot of mechanics and how people have to think spatially is if we got a tank that could like climb walls like an off tank that could like say you're going down um dorado or something where there's like a a choke you could just plant your tank on the wall so we can go up higher so that it's displacing where you have to force your attention yeah 
we were discussing that along with a couple of uh, friends of mine from the academy. It's like, why can't Widowmaker just grapple to a wall and just stay there? Like, we had the assassin class during the uh, Rialto mission that can do that. Um, so why don't you just give it to in Widowmaker? In essence, she does it in her short. Yeah, she does it in the short, and it's not canon anymore. Just like how Hanzo had Scatter Arrow in his short, and now we don't have that anymore. Uh, so... Just give us a hero that can maybe do that. I can see, like, if that becomes a mechanic of an off tank of being able to, like, climb the walls, it should have an ability where, like, if he drops or if they drop from, like, a certain distance, um, it either pulls... I mean, this sounds like Wrecking Ball all over again, but um, should be able to either shield their, their teammate or displace the enemy, divide attention in that way. We won't know until BlizzCon, so we'll we'll just we wait on that. a couple days. We just got to hold on for a more few days. more days. Um, so yeah, our, our last little bit of leaked Overwatch goodness is there was that leaked poster on the Blizzard store, and I put leaked in quotation marks in our on our notes. Because... I mean, this wasn't coming from a leaker. This was from Blizzard itself. What apparently happened is that they put this poster that has uh, Tracer, May, Genji, uh, Echo, and Reinhardt on there. I think that's everybody. But it has them on there. Um, and it was like very quickly pulled down. I don't I don't know what they were doing there. Like someone put it up and I don't were they trying to act all just trying to drum a pipe with that? And um, we saw we saw Genji wearing pants, which is crazy. We saw Echo on there, so drumming up even more hype that she's going to be the next character. I, I don't think this was an accidental leak. I think this was Blizzard being coy, saying, "Hey, hey, we got new content for you." I think that it's smart of them to do this because now it's obviously it's got us talking. Right. It, we we see this and we're like, okay, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked here. There's we see Echo in the corner. Genji's wearing pants. Reinhardt's got a magnificent beard uh, and no helmet. It's a uh, beautiful beard. It, yeah. So we have to ask all those questions like what when does this take place? And then also what is going on? Um, and if this is a hint towards Overwatch 2, that, that's pretty cool. But at the same time, it kind of is like. This isn't a leak. This is more like a here's something. It's a tease. You're probably going to buy it. Yeah, it's a big tease. That's what it is. And they know that we're going to eat it up and we're going to have to just wait a couple days for the for the viewing party um, and to just figure out what happens. What people, right. what is Blizzard going to give us? Like, I feel like they put it on the website anyway. They put it on their store. Like, just leave it on there at that point. Yeah, you kind of you jumped the gun there, but... You might as well just own up to it and just say, hey, you know what? We done goofed. You guys want to buy this? Here you go. Yeah. Or even if like, even if you don't want people to buy it, just like leave it behind a pre-order wall or something. Like it's already there. There's no point in you taking it down. We know it exists. We know Overwatch 2 is coming. You're not, you're not denying anything at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Since tomorrow is Halloween for us, uh, are you, do you plan on doing anything? Um, Tomorrow uh, in the early afternoon, I'm going to go with a friend to go see the lighthouse to get into the eerie spooky mood with some good old Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, who apparently went crazy for this role. Aside from that, I my sister doesn't want to go trick-or-treating this year, so I don't have an excuse to go out and get free candy. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass out candy this year and I'm going to have her help me. But I bought, uh, if you've seen Stranger Things, Eleven has this really creepy doll mask. So I bought one of those Hmm. and I have a knife that's got like the blood drips on it. So what I'm going to do is like, I'm going to find different ways to pop out and hide where like the kids are going to get the candy from my sister and then they're just going to turn around and I'll be there in this creepy doll mask with a bloody knife. And it's it's going to be epic. <laughs> I will let you know how many kids nice. I terrify. Yeah, I remember this one year. Um, there's a guy who stands like he's got like a full on skeleton costume or like a large like zombie kind of thing. And he just sits completely still. And then like out of nowhere, he just starts <laughs> chasing people. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, this year, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have a costume like prepared but there's no like party to go to um i might just dress up and go to the ball hang out with people um but later on throughout the day um i have a viewing party scheduled for how miyazaki's uh, spirited away we're all probably just gonna chill and watch that um and then answer the yeah. door whenever kids come by um yeah my my parents are very nice when it comes to trick-or-treaters too so if you if you just come in a costume that looks okay, or like, you know, tolerable, you get fun size candy like everybody else. But if you come in like a full like costume, like cosplay and it's like extravagant, uh, you get you get a pick from the full size candy bars. So Oh snap. That's what that's what my dad likes to do. So and he he really takes pride in what he does. He has like a tally of like kids who he like gives out candy to. And it's interesting this year, too, because we recently moved, so we don't know how many kids are around our place, but mm-hmm. we do live pretty close to, like, a middle school and a and an elementary school, so we'll okay. see who's around. Cool. So is there anything else? We are, are we good for this week? I think we're good for this week. I don't think that there's any other things that are in the Blizzard store that I need to discuss. Usually they release a, like, a pop figure for Halloween. And I didn't see one this year. They've released for BlizzCon, I think, at least uh, Lucio with the frog head. I can't remember which one that is. And they've released uh, the oh Reaper. I think they announced. Oh, that's a later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They announced Bob. <laughs> what? Bob is gonna be a pop figure. Um, but they don't know when that phases. Yeah, the pop figures are slowly starting to get a little bit more uh, in depth. <clears throat> pop, Bob is going to be six inches, which is like the same size as like the Arissa and the Reinhardt. But you know, people are going to go and kill each other at Walmart because that's where the Golden Bob is. Yeah. If you guys get a hand on the Golden Bob, let me know. Uh, I, I will try to get my own, but the closest Walmart is like 20 minutes away. Yikes. Oh, no, if I really want to risk it. All right, then. Um,. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And depending on when you listen to this, have a very safe, happy Halloween. Yep, see ya. Next week, we cover BlizzCon news as well as the Overwatch World Cup. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Like what you hear? Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. That's B L E A V in OWL. 
If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. Interested in advertising with the show? Please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.